Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Earthly Treasures Part 2, a live play of Relics, a game of angels, a role-playing game which, if you're hearing this, should be live on Kickstarter now, so please check the show notes and go over and back it if you like what you hear. Relics is a game about angels who have uh, fallen to Earth, and in the last uh, session we made our characters, and we're going to now go around the table and introduce you to them and do the second part of character generation, which is generating the memories of our angels that they share together. But first I'll introduce you, as always, to our cast. We have Andrew Jer- Andrew Chergwin. Hi. Cody Smith. Yo. Lois Spangler, who's gone quiet, and Jake Nelson. And our dealer, or GM as they're often known, is Ethan Cox. All right. Hello. So we're going to start with... Uh, Andrew is going to tell us about the character of his angel um, that we made last session. Hi, so my angel just goes by the name Charles uh, and is excessively French. Um, he has the aspect of Isha. Uh, he ha- is a, a herald, uh, has the herald of Michael with protection as one of his domains. His mission is to uh, be the sort of wrath to uh, deal with them demons and sort it out later. Uh, his relic is a writ of arrest, and we haven't figured out who that's for yet. Um, he came down for the cause of justice and arrived the day after the Battle of Poitiers, so the 20th of September, uh, 1356, in Poitiers, France. Um, he's quite proud of the fact that he uh, created the fleur de lis and is quite happy that it's all over French everything. Uh, his historical impact was to convince... Etienne Marcel to reign in the power of the monarchy and put that somewhat under control. Um, he looks uh, about 29 years old. He's male, uh, generally tries to be quite French, whatever that looks like at the time. Um, and he, well, his face kind of looks a little bit like it's a golf ball. He, he makes uh, Robert Davy and uh, Edward James Olmos look like they're wonderfully clean-skinned uh, individuals. And uh, he has a, a, a bit of history with an, with an ex-lover, uh, which kind of keeps him somewhat grounded as much as he can be. Um, his miracles are to defend others with the shield of God, reducing the damage they can take, or to be the wrath of God, and to make an existing wound significantly worse. Uh, for one of those, he starts bleeding from the eyes, and for the other one, he adds uh, a, another scar to his... Uh, relatively large collection, and that's uh, Charles. Fantastic. Uh, moving on to Cody. Uh, so I'm the cantankerous bent in your local library. Um, 
if you're an absolute idiot, you'd refer to me as Heather, Granny Heather. But I am, in fact, the Angel Harahel, and I'm here to make sure that the record of humanity is on track. I've moved from library to library, ensuring that my colleagues are well-equipped to describe uh, just all of human culture and uh, ideology and keep it for eons to come. Uh, what takes me from place to place, though, is conflict. My relic, uh, the mark of peace, is a pen from uh, the Han Dynasty, uh, which has been used to sign peace treaties and uh, ensures that people have an enduring connection to the idea that peace should be the end goal of all conflict. So, um, Harahel initially fell in the Han Dynasty, uh, where she found herself um, um, sort of captivated by um, books all around her and um, a sudden love of knowledge and just kind of forgot what that she was supposed to be doing. Um, you were, you were in the library reading and the next thing you know, you'd, you'd fall into yeah. earth. You, you lose a century and then yeah. who knows where you end up. Uh, I have the aspect of Isha, uh, voice of God. I know the truth of humanity. Um, I, I am the Herald of St. Dolphin, uh, dominion over witness. Uh, and yes, I've witnessed the best of humanity and tried to capture it. Um, and I am, in fact, placed on this earth now, as far as I'm concerned, to record a history. Uh, does that cover everything that Absolutely, yep. was sort of needed? Cool. Yeah, stick. All right. Uh, Lois. So, can you hear me this time? Yep, it's good. All right. Um, so, my angel is typical tank, but she's an angel of death tank. Uh, she Her original name is Duma, but she goes currently by Veronica or Vero de la Paz. It's Behema. Mm-hmm. Is Raguel, whose dominion is passing death, things that things that cease being and move on to another state. Her mission is the armor. She fully believes that the right way to do things is to to work side by side with humans. Her relic is a wooden thread pull top. If you've seen if you've seen sort of a brightly painted Mexican wooden tops, that's sort of what it looks like, but it's small. She can spin it in her hand. Uh, she, to Earth, she, she decided to, to, to remain on Earth in the early 1500s um, and uh, arrived 1519, 1520 in the absolute thick of the Spanish invasion and conquest of what's now Mexico. Angelic work is uh, the color Maya blue, which is a, it's, it's a very unique pigment um, and was used by the peoples in the Yucatan Peninsula for a lot of things, including um, murals and some funerary items. And I like to think that she chose it because it made her sad that death was viewed so negatively. Mm -hmm. Be a very peaceful, welcoming closure to a life. Fantastic. Pardon? I said fantastic. Yeah. Uh, she, she looks very much like a woman in her late 50s She's fish, but she's kind of, you know, she's built a bit like a brick house, as it were. Um, and it, uh, just it, 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 there's something very 
present and solid about her, and if you try to push her around, it's literally impossible. Fantastic. <laughs> is there is there anything else? Nope, that seems to cover most of it. Fantastic. All right, uh, and finally, Jake. Uh, so this angel's true name is um, is Samuel, uh, which means God who is blind, which is sort of fitting because um, she uh, her angelic work was that she created the concept of thievery itself, um, the, the, the notion of taking something that does not belong to you. Um, but when she descended to Earth uh, in, in, in France during the reign of uh, the Sun King Louis XIV, um, she became the, the, the first uh, phantom thief, and the calling card she left behind at her crime scenes was a scarlet rose. And so she became known as uh, La Rose Ecarlate. Um and she's sort of taken the name Rose Ecarlate as, as her alias nowadays. She much prefers it to her original angelic name. She is a, a Nesha. She has mastery of the aspect of, of, of the eagle, and so her, her area of expertise is moving. Um, her herald, you may notice, uh, if you were paying attention to the last episode, I, I did say Barakiel, the herald of intercession, but um, sort of changed my mind, uh, and I did go with Metatron, uh, who has power over uh, countenance um, and also power over uh, the Decepticons. <laughs> um, so countenance is, is her primary dominion, um, the, 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 the creation of illusions and disguises and uh, fooling the senses, but she does also have her secondary dominion, uh, that of intercession, uh, moving around from place to place. Her mission is the helm of salvation. She believes that um, the best way to save humanity is to uh, amass earthly power and lead from the front, as it were. Um, and her relic is a, a, a coin. And it looks like a like an old French coin, but um, it depicts whatever ruler uh, the country that she's in happens to have at the time, except with their eyes scratched out. Uh, it is called the Blind Sovereign. Um, uh, she looks like a, an attractive, um, sort of lithe, red-haired woman in her mid-twenties, but um, if you pay close attention, her feet don't touch the ground. And um, she has a, a, a boss who occasionally pays her to nick things that don't belong to either her or them. You know, it's, it's all business. She's got a, a, a couple of miracles in that relic of hers, uh, one for each of her dominions. Um, the countenance she has, Le Masque de la Mont, which uh, is French for the mask of the lover. She can appear as, the, as whoever the person she is speaking to most wants to see at any given moment. But... Um, she sort of can't pick who. It's, it's just kind of whoever they would most like to see in front of them at any given time. And um, the other miracle that she has is one of intercession, uh, Le Pas du Fantôme, which is the step of the phantom. She can walk through solid objects uh, up to and including walls. Um, unfortunately, her relic is the only thing she can take with her. Everything else, you know, loot, clothes, whatever, just falls to the ground where she was. So. It's really more of a, an emergency escape hatch than a, than a useful uh, tool for thievery. I think that's about it for, yep. uh, for Rose. All right, so uh, angels have uh, memories. The skill system in Relics is all about um, based on memory. In fact, angels, unlike humans, can't learn the way we do through um, automatic responses that get um, lost into our... our uh, our just uh, our, our animalistic senses, I guess. Uh, for angels, everything is a clear and crystal memory for them, and the system reflects that. Um, every angel begins with their own memory, but they will get more during play. Um, so every skill is attached to a moment in an angel's life. It doesn't be the first time they use that skill, or the best time, 
Uh, it's just reflective of something. So every time we learn a skill, we learn a little bit about their past. Every angel also begins with one uh, memory that is they craft themselves. So we're going to go back to uh, Andrew, and he's going to tell us a memory about Charles um, and the yeah, skill so, he got from that. Yeah. So, so, so Charles got quite badly imprinted to a certain extent by the Battle of Poitiers, um, turning up a day late to a... Uh, a 14th century battle pretty much leaves you with a lot of uh, complaining, yelling, injured, you know, half-dying people in a field. Uh, and people so that's very kind angry of, and, and sad, uh, yeah, cursing and so God. Kind of, yeah, and so it's kind of stuck there now. Out of that, he's learned a certain amount of kind of medicine and anatomy and all that sort of, uh, you know, dealing with, uh, dealing with human physiology, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he's... Um, medical he's just you know likely to be the kind of person who sees you with a major injury and and takes off your leg below the knee because that'll do the job so battlefield medicine or would you call it triage yeah. medicine medicine like very triage medicine and the idea of uh, you know lose a leg to save a life that's that's a perfect trait yeah right like that straight cold hard calculus of you know that, that could get infected with gangrene. We'll just take that finger off. Yep. It'll be better without it. Fantastic. Um. Um, so what we now do is we find out what memories the other characters have um, of this this particular angel, um, and they get to describe a scene, um, which is their memory. It will eventually go on Andrew's character sheet for Charles, uh, because and he will get to determine the skill. But the other players get full editing control over this. They describe a scene um, with the following uh, restrictions. It has to be something that they were there for. Both of them were present. It's possible that Charles didn't know the other person was present, but they had to be there because they observed it happening. Um, so it is one of their memories. Um, but they can't be doing anything particularly important in it because it's a memory of the other character where that character is center stage and is doing something. Um, particularly you know, impressive or something that we remember. Like, I remember the time that you did this, which will suggest the skill in question. Um, you'll obviously need to double-check your time period so that you could have both been there at the same time, but most of you are around from about the Middle Ages, the Dark Ages onwards, so it shouldn't be too much of a problem. Um, so, does, does uh, Rose or Harahel have a memory coming to mind of a time they encountered Charles? I can jump in, absolutely. Yep. Uh, so I remember the time Charles library, um, obviously looking for something that was very, very important, to making sure a plan went just right, uh, maybe a blueprint or a schematic or something. So he came into your library and was, mm. and was looking for something about a plan or a scheme? He made a mess. I wasn't real happy about that, um, but I was able to find what he wanted. Okay, um, fantastic. So okay. you have a little bit of maybe, was it a resentment of the fact that he always makes a mess? Yes, there's no subtlety to this guy. Fantastic. Obviously, the, the memories that stick in our mind tend to have emotion behind them as well, so that's also good. Um, so... Uh, a skill from that that you get to choose then, uh, Andrew. So it could be it could be something basic like research, but it might have to do with what you're actually looking for. Oh, what time period was this, by the way? Yeah. Was it Han China or was it 
Was it modern I day? It could have been just yesterday. I'm willing to leave this up to um, Andrew, actually. Okay. Um, okay. I'll make it your call. No, no that's okay. Um, look, we've had a few discussions slightly away from you know recording, um, which have all put funny pieces and irons in the fire during the French Revolution somewhere. Mm. Um, so I think probably sometime around about the French Revolution, I was looking for something and, and wouldn't necessarily fess up to what it was for. Schematics <laughs> to the palace. Yeah, potentially. Palace of Versailles, maybe. Something like that. Mm. All I remember was that it was raining and uh, moisture is one of the four worst enemies of books. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, so you come in all wet, bustling around, um, and you were like, I need this, and you're like, God, my books. Um, <laughs> what? Uh, so, yes, so um, skills that it could be. It could be research. It could be what you were... It could be planning... It could be, um, yeah, if you're looking for architectural plans, it might even be architecture. Yeah, I was thinking like a logistical kind of skill, yeah, logistics, kind of skill. Something like yeah. that. Yeah, let's see. I mean, there's... Heist. Yeah, very much that kind of heist, like an architecture skill. Yeah, um, uh, just... Um, Engineering, architecture... I'm trying to figure out how to design. phrase it. To, to think of it as like... Um, uh, like interior geography, sort of the ability to to understand and manip- and move through. Um, you Let's know. just call it breaking and entering. Yeah, that works for me. <laughs> Let's just call it breaking and entering. That that solves that problem. Yeah, can... fantastic. Yeah. All right. So, so we've got we've got two French experts in breaking and entering. Yep. No wonder you're well, being. This is why you're being sent to no, get relics so back. Unsubtle. If you want to, you're subtle. I leave all the hinges off the doors. <laughs> Um, so speaking of of thieves, um, does Rose have a memory of Charles? Uh, were you a man of the people, Charles? Did, did you not think much of the aristocracy? Um, look, well, look I, I helped make sure that the monarchy didn't get out of control. There's nothing worse than an out-of-control monarch. Oh, so, of course, of course. Well, so there the was, I, I do remember one occasion... Um, when we sort of got in each other's way a little bit, because uh, there was a there was a nobleman who was getting a bit too big for his britches, and um, you know, uh, giving giving the king a, a, a bit a few too many ideas uh, about you know oppressing the peasantry and, and, and such like. Um, I was there to rob that noble, and you were there to assassinate that noble. And it all just kind of turned into a, a, a bit of a mess. And um, neither, I don't think either of us really got what we wanted that night. We kind of just had to um, get out of Dodge. Yep. Or the Dodge. So <laughs> yeah. So, okay. yeah, yeah. The memory is one of, like, oh, getting in each other's way and being frustrated. The emotion. Um, yeah, and what kind of skill? Um. Well, the getting out of dodge seems to be the useful bit. Um, Charles seems to make a mess on the way, so you need a way to get out of things. So after looking at that list there, I'm thinking forgery might be one of the less the charming skills that Charles has picked up on the way through. Right, so when... When, uh... when, when stuff gets bad, Charles does his best to vanish for a while. Right. <laughs> and come back and pick stuff up. So later. is that... Pretend so to be someone else. As you, was that you then having... Documents that allowed you to say escape the palace, or was it like because you immediately moved to another town and suddenly turned up as Monsieur Le Maire? 
a, a little bit of both, right? You know, right. somewhere to turn up, you know, uh, to, to land on your feet in a new place and get to the sort of place where you get, you know, access to resources and people's ears and influence. You yeah. you can't just be the random nobody. So, um, you know, the odd noble lineage document, the, you know, a, a, a journeyman's paper, a master's paper. A forgery. A yeah, yeah. forgery. Fantastic. Right? <laughs> Excellent. Forgery is the skill. All right. So now you have uh, three different skills that will help um, uh, Charles on his way. Battlefield medicine, uh, forgery, and breaking and entering. So now we're going to go to Harahel. Um, tell us about one of the, the memory that sticks in your mind, Harahel. 60-year-old woman, you know, crashed landed into Earth for the first time. Hurt like hell. My bones weren't made for that. This is all a bunch of, oh, what are these? And that was the first time I laid my eye on a book. And I, I devoured every piece of knowledge in that library, just scroll to scroll to scroll to scroll. And then when I moved on, I found out there are other structures like this and more libraries and more knowledge to consume. And I went scroll to scroll to scroll, but these ones were different. And the next ones were different. And the people always talked differently. And eventually I figured out that I could intuit language somehow, like I, I could assemble dissonant parts and then uh, figure out what people were trying to tell me, which was typically, uh, could you please put those scrolls back where you got them from and stop drinking the ink? Yes. Um, for clarification, uh, your mark, um, Parahel's mark is that she needs to drink ink to survive. Um, and yes, so uh, intuit language, I guess, or... Um, yeah, I was thinking of linguistic skill. Yeah, um, linguistic elasticity. Uh, skills can be quite um, broadly defined, or, or uh, what's the word for it, um, ephemerally defined. Um, so, yeah, um, linguistics could be just enough on its own. Typically, when I get into a new country, all I have to do is touch a dictionary, and I'm relatively fluent within a couple of hours. Fantastic. Because you can, uh, with one of your miracles, read a book by touch. Um, so, uh, Veronica, um, do you have a memory of crossing paths with Harahel sometime in your time on Earth? Or Charles? Uh, I'll, 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 I'll go with Harahel. Sorry, yeah, it's you or Charles having memories yeah, of yeah. Harahel. Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so, crossed paths, probably in the... Uh, mid-1900s, maybe 1960s, mm -hmm. uh, at a medical library. I don't know if you were actually a librarian or maybe a student. I wasn't paying a lot of attention. But all I knew is that you had the text I needed to read, and you wouldn't freaking let it go. <laughs> no, was, this was clearly put on reserve by the doctor in charge, and... Uh, Frankly, you've got no respect for the materials coming in like that and rearranging all the shelves. <laughs> like, I checked your card. You didn't even bring back the last stuff you took. Like, you're a mess. Uh, I was specifically trying to find uh, the, the, the history of arsenics and the use of poisons. Uh, that sounds like a you problem, not a my problem. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so your impression of... Um, Harahel was form was that she was formidable. What was she, what was she doing to prevent you? Was she because remember she has to get the skill. 
So was she holding on to it tightly? Was she just being bureaucratic? Um, was she being efficient? Um, both of you can That's comment what I was on that. going for, but I like that angle much better. Um, I think I think she just had such love logic that every time I tried to make an argument, she would just outmaneuver me. Oh, that's interesting. Three steps to my one. Yeah, does that sound like a, a useful skill? Um, uh, uh, what would you call it? Debate? I'm not really where to put that. Yeah. Um, Debate or even formal logic. Yeah. Um, arguing, argument. It's sort of like a to-the-letter-of-the-law kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, because obviously <laughs> libraries have collection development policies. Yep. You know, I think it's about just knowing the rules and how to uh, get people to stay within the rules. Yeah. Oh, by so lawyering. Yeah. Let's call it lawyering. <laughs> the ultimate rules lawyer. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so, um, Harahel Han China was what, the 12th century? Uh, a bit earlier. Um, uh, 400 to 800. Uh, Right, so ninth century. So you might have had a chance to roam around before I got round. Yeah. So the Han Dynasty is actually a bit earlier than that. I must have made a slight typo. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, that's okay. Oh, that's what we're going with. Yep. Yeah, that's okay. Yep. Um, but that's okay. So two hundred to four hundred AD, it is about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You could have easily wandered to somewhere else by the time I I turn up. Absolutely. Um, I think I've probably bumped into you somewhere. Somewhere linked to the Silk Road, right? So you've oh, made your way yeah. along the Silk Road at some point. It's a very long road. I yeah. into you. It, it, it is a long road. Um, so let's... I've been to every great library in China, heard about you... um, more knowledge across the land. Yeah, and started wondering. So let's maybe let's put it in that Near East, you know, that whole cradle of civilization type. Yeah, absolutely. Type um, area. Um, the Islamic Empire had some of the, the greatest libraries on Earth. Um, mm. In the 1200s or so. Yeah, and and the short version is is that I remember finding something far faster than anyone should have, and at the same time, quite obviously, just parting the crowd around you to get to it. Now that doesn't mean that you recognise me. Um, I recognised you when we bumped into each other later in the other library, and I played dumb. Uh, <laughs> Because uh, yeah. you find things, you can find them fast. Fantastic. I can find exactly what you need, or yeah, and I yeah. can do it in an instant. That sounds very yeah. investigation to me. Yep, investigation. That's that's. So I'm into that. Off, off then. <laughs> I am at this point basically the charismatic knowledge character. Fantastic. Or not, not even really charismatic, more cantankerous, but I have ways of manipulating people. Yeah. Yeah. So investigation. Um, what were the other ones? Um, Linguistics, elasticity, and lawyering. Lawyering. Yes. Fantastic. You can talk your way in and out of things, and to everyone. All right. That brings us on to um, Veronica. Her memory. Um, so her her reason to defend uh, was rejection. She she just had to walk away from stuff that was going on in heaven. Yep. Um, and it all had to do with mission, um, the potential corruption of of the church, right? And that she was seeing in heaven that you know maybe all this 
haunt and murdering and torture is okay if we get the bad guys. I mean, if we get a couple of good guys along the way, it's fine, right? No, no, it's not fine. Um, finally got sick enough of the process to, to get, because that started in the late 1400s. By the time she just finally lost it, it was when um, the Spanish were plowing through the New World. And uh, the, uh, the massacre at Cholula had happened, and she's like, okay, that's it, I'm done. And by the time she arrived, uh, she hit the siege of Tenochtitlan, which pox plague, 70 days. Uh, people could come in, because, mm-hmm. you know, the plague going on, nobody's coming out. So she went in because she decided that in this particular part of the conflict, even though the locals had some really unpleasant habits around religious ceremonies, um, she felt that they were the ones who were really being wronged. And she went in and she did her best as as an angel of passing, as an angel who follows the Herald of Raguel to try to ease the passage of so many people there. But as she was there trying to, trying to keep the misery to a minimum, she paid attention to what we're tending to the sick were doing and started picking up on basically pharmacology. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. All right, cool. Yeah, pharmacology, basic uh, drug treatment. Absolutely. All right, cool. Um, what how to put it together and how to administer it. Yep, fantastic. You can get the Dr. Feelgood stuff, um, which will go well with some battlefield medicine. Um, so does um, Harahel have a memory of Veronica, or does um, Rose have a memory of Veronica? Are we trying to end up in Peru? Um you are going to be in Peru, but they can be the, like that's fairly easy to manufacture. If you can think of, if you want to have a memory in Peru, that will definitely come in handy for filling out later. Um, uh, I'm just sort of thinking that I, I like the idea of uh, being the angel that stepped in uh, to help us get resources out of a library that was being burned, and I was thinking of maybe tying that into the conflict with the Shining Path in Peru through the. 1980s. How does that sort of sit with you? Yeah, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we're in a guerrilla zone. Uh, The shiny path is coming through. Uh, They set fire to this library, and you were able to hold off the guerrilla forces just long enough that we could say some of the most vital things from that library. And you know what? I've come across some real scummy angels in my life, but you were the first true shining knight I ever came across then. There was a boiled lolly in it for you. Oh. For, for those who don't know, the Shining Path were a uh, violent communist party that took control of Peru during the 1980s. Um, yeah, that, that's what I'm reading. Yep. Just filling so it in. So I think any sort of um, combat or uh, martial skill or uh, any sort of guerrilla warfare kind of tactics, I think is yeah. kind of what we're going for here. Yeah. Uh, you have a think? Yeah, maybe like, uh, oh, I'm trying to think of a better term for it, but like trap setting, you know, booby trapping. Uh, it's basically a, yeah. um, uh, home aloneing. Tolkening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As long as we know what it is, yeah. Fistful of micro machines. Um. No, just that there's, there's like a there's like a gorilla fighter coming up the stairs. And, oh, he's dropped the lawnmower on his head. Oh, he doesn't survive that. This is not. Oh, messy. 
Yeah, absolutely. You can call it whatever you. We know what you're talking about. Um, improvising and yeah, booby traps, defense, um, guerrilla warfare, trap setting, something along those lines. I think guerrilla defense. Guerrilla defense is good. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, cool. Fantastic. Yeah, that'll take. That'll slow them down while you get the important stuff out of the library and some humans maybe as well if that's important. Um, uh, Throwing it back then to Rose. Rose and Veronica. I, I, I wish that you would just let it go about that time you caught me robbing that tomb. The person who was in the tomb didn't need what I was trying to steal. I did. I mean, God. So what did she do, what did she do to stop you or try to stop you? Where the relics are. Um, I, 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 she, she definitely, she, she caught me, and um, I think she just, uh, she, she, she was kind of, she, she, she did not let me past her to, 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 to get to the thing. Right. And you know, it was probably going to, it was probably going to get a bit uh, sticky, um, but I managed to escape in the daring and, and swashbuckling fashion that I always do. But I was looking a bit dicey there for a moment. So, um, intimidation, um, just or just not letting people through, body uh, blocking. I'm 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 culkining and now I'm Gandalfing. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> Obviously, you know a scriptwriter who just follows you around, going, "Oh, that was pretty awesome." She said, "You shall not pass." I'm going to write that down. Um, maybe there was a whole bunch of traps as well that you you know. Charles makes it through the traps, and then you're like, "Well, you're not going any further, sir." <laughs> Um, I think you mean Rose, Sorry, Rose, Rose, my bad. Ah, uh, you're French, it's hard to tell you apart. Oh, yeah. no! <laughs> um, so, yeah, we'll leave it to Lois to pick a skill. Ah! Uh, um, maybe? I think that that's probably not... What, sorry, did, what did you say? Probably not, sounds like it might be the best fit. Sorry, you broke up just a little bit. Intimidation might be the best Intimidation, fit. Intimidation, yep, it's good. Um, before people try to push you, you don't tell them it's not worth it. <laughs> um, fantastic. So we have intimidation and uh, gorilla traps and pharmacology. You're the rogue of the group, it looks like. Um, Excuse you. <laughs> a rogue of the group. Oh, goodness. Fantastic. Clearly, clearly, you are the hunter of the group. Mm. Yep. The yeah. ranger. The ranger, yeah. My bad. All right, so let's bring on the rogue then. Tell us about Rose and her, her memory that sticks in her mind. Well, the, the, the finest, um, the, the piece de resistance of, um, of Le Rose Ecalat's uh, shining career was um, when she broke into the vaults at Versailles itself, um, relieving it of its shiniest bauble and leaving behind the Scarlet Rose in its place. Um, the skill from that one is, is burglary. So you, Charles, may be able to break and enter, but I can get the goods. Right. Fantastic. All right. Um, so, well, Charles, do you have a memory of perhaps... And it could also... Um, you can absolutely remember the same encounter from another point of view, like the time that you guys crossed, crossed um, purposes. Um, could be... You know, we can see it from your side. Um 
but yeah, do you have a memory of Rose? And does um, Veronica have a memory of Rose? I do. I absolutely do. Um, it was at beautiful, fancy gala event. Uh, and only through just a stroke of luck and maybe remembering some mannerisms from that discussion we had in the tomb that time ago, uh, that I recognized Rose. But otherwise, she looked completely different. Her, her manner of being was completely different. But uh, we were both at this gala event, and she was charming the crowd until finally she said, oh, I just need to powder my nose. And that's when she got away with the thing I was trying to take so. Oh, so when and where was this? Uh, this can be any time that seems appropriate. I would think maybe the Roaring Twenties might be fun. Oh, lovely, yeah. Love me some Roaring Twenties. And so it might be, actually, Mexico City at the time was pretty oh, yeah. cosmopolitan and would have been a cool place to be. Uh, yeah. West, West Egg, some town called uh, West Egg. <laughs> 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 um, so it might have been, uh, you know, it might have been, uh, uh, you know, the, the French consulate or the French... Uh, uh, embassy, or it could have been Germans, some, you know, some kind of neat gala event. It was an amazing cross-section of the world, Mexico City, in that period as well, yeah. So, um, to get away from France, we can make it, you know, counting coup against the Germans because of that obnoxious, you know, First World War thing. Mm. Um, so the skill sounds like it was something to do with um, uh, elegance and... and um, Disguise. Disguise, like, yes, as well, yeah. Disguise, disguise was my immediate thought. Yep, sounds perfect. All right. Um, Charles, as, a, as another yeah. another breaker and enterer. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm thinking that, um, again, because Charles, for a bunch of reasons, has yeah, been hovering around France for, for centuries. You know, trips to other places, but, you know, you always kind of go home at some point. Um, we probably bumped into each other sometime in the kind of the, uh, the, the the towards the end of the Bourbon Restoration, so around about eighteen twenty-five, eighteen thirty, somewhere around yep. there. And it was much more of a, hmm, I should go do this thing. Turn up and then go, huh? <laughs> I think I know that person coming out of that building. I don't think what I want's in there. Hmm. So you saw him. You saw him leaving yeah, a job that he'd already performed. Yes, saw, saw Rose kind of on the way Sorry, out her. of somewhere and assumed yep. that probably what I was looking for was probably not going to be in that building. Right. More, and uh, that could cause problems for something else that I was trying. You know, considering that whole dealing with Napoleon business yep. that happened around the Bourbon Restoration. Yes. All right. So. Uh, and so he, uh, she was leaving in a in, a, in what fashion, slipping um, out unseen. Oh, no, highest of fashions, of course. Yeah, <laughs> no, no. I, I, you know, I was thinking far more of lines of the whole. You know, I've already got the stuff. Why, why bother trying to sneak out a window when one could just stride onto the street and demand a carriage? You know, that kind of. Fantastic. You know, why, why go for mild when you can go for flamboyant and kind of going, yeah. I know who would do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so where were we? We were in France. In, yeah, so, so France, Bourbon Restoration, century, so yeah. like late nineteen eight, late 1820s, so early 19th century. Um, Fantastic. So there's plenty of, you know, furs and armor and, and glossy things to be Yeah, worn. absolutely. Um, um, 
But what skill is what we're thinking about? What, what skill was on yeah. display? Um, bravado could be a skill on its own, just top, um, you know, smiling through and, 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 and uh, bluffing your way through something. Um, uh, but it also could be, um, you know, something else about, like, uh, careful disguises, planning. We've, we've disguises, got, we've, blagging, confidence. I've got, I've got, I've got disguises. We've got disguise already. Um, okay. um, possi- possibly, well, possibly it was, it was that um, I didn't actually steal it. I, um, it, 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 was not a, it was not a, it was not a heist. It was a, it was a con. So, um, uh, con- con- confidence tricks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe because you certainly were able to walk right out. So yeah. Okay, exactly. Convincing. Uh, convincing. That's, yeah. That's on the list. Yeah, it's just convincing. Yep. So. Fantastic. Um, certainly, the guy in the street mistook you for a very important person and called you a cab straight away. Um, yeah. Fantastic. All right. So that's convincing. Um, I'm trying to remember. Burglary what, and disguise. And disguise. Yeah. And we know a fair bit more about your globe-trotting past. Well, that has brought us up to, and we've got so everyone's got three skills now, and we know a lot more about how you've interacted and some of the emotions. We're coming up to um, towards the end of our podcast for this week. We're going to throw it back to our our GM or dealer, Ethan, to just tell us a little bit about perhaps the where our what our opening scene might be um, next week, so we can whet our our appetites. I believe we're going to the jungles of South Africa, South America. South America. Yes. So um, we will have all um, come together, as I was explaining in the uh, the first episode, come together to stop uh, someone called the Collector. Where each of you have had your little um, uh, encounters with the Collector, either good ones, bad ones, really bad ones. Uh, something along those lines where you've, you've heard about the collector before and you know what she's about. And what she's about is collecting relics from all over the world. You don't know how many she has, but it's rumoured that the number is quite up there. Yeah, this, uh, is, this probably is why that you were maybe desperate to get stuff out of a library, you know, or desperate to steal things from certain vaults because, you know, if you didn't, the collector would instead. Yeah, so you've heard through the grapevine um, that she is setting out on her next international foray um, to pick up some new relics that, if you know more rumours to be uh, believed, will really set her on a path to collect as many as she wants. So your first stop uh, is Peru. We'll be starting in uh, a small town called uh, Pebaz, which is in the uh, north northeast of Peru, uh, up the top there. Uh, very, you know, foresty, rainforesty area. Uh, and, yeah, you'll be dropped straight, straight in there, and you don't know what um, she is after in Peru. You just know that you need to get there before her and stop her. Excellent. So on the trail of an old nemesis, and uh, we can imagine the, the camera sort of showing you know, the Indiana Jones um, trick, the map flying across, although you can fly with your own wings. Well, perhaps, um, yeah, uh, as perhaps a nice closing thing would be to tell us all how each of you might have gone there. Did you meet beforehand or have you decided to meet in Peru? You've all got the tip. Let's have a scene of you 
either getting a tip or getting a word or how you would get to Peru from each of you. Uh, we'll start with um, uh, Charles. Um, so after kind of looking through some bits quickly while we were going through that, uh, there, there were quite a few French Peruvians. And I think I just yes. kind of smuggled my way in across over there, you know, following someone for some plan. Fantastic. Um, and have just been kind of hanging out with a French and uh, seeing what's going on and then ended up in with this situation kind of giving me a reason not to leave. Excellent. So you, you get, you're thinking about whether you go next and then, no, and then there's something not. that's going to keep you here. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, Harahel, how do you arrive in Peru? Um, so obviously it was the conflict with the Shining Path that uh, uh, brought my relic here as a symbol of peace. Mm-hmm. But um, I've actually just been spending the last couple of decades here um, working at the Peru Public Library, where I've developed a robust youth program and um, and an oral history program, which is um, providing all sorts of new and exciting opportunities to me. Uh, the collector. Uh, I mean, there's a few overdue finds there. Um, I guess I just sort of felt a presence that drew me uh, to this uh, small village just because when things go missing, they tend to lose their place in them. Yep. Um, you, um, it, might, it might be you that the others seek out sort of as they realize that, hang on, well, if we're in Peru and this is going on, we know someone in Peru, last we heard. Um, Veronica. So, uh, Vero tends to be a, a bit of, as some will say, a social justice warrior. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> she was already in southern Mexico, trying to mitigate as best she could without, you know, showing her hand. Yep. And massacres that, are, that have been happening there over the past years. Um, but the problem is, there's, you know, that sort of mundane evil. That's what humans can do to each other. And then there's stuff that's, and... I'm oh, sorry, you broke up there. Stuff that... Stuff that's not the same. Yep. That's, that's, it has a different feel. It's It's not quite... It's not quite the same kind of evil. So what I think is that the collector has been putting out her feelers, sort of forward scouts looking at a number of different places and through a bit of help, maybe contacting Harahel, has asked, hey, is something going on? Oh, you think something's going on? Hang on, I'll get over there as soon as I can. Fantastic. Um, And just coming, coming, setting south from Mexico. Um, and then, um, Rose. Well, um, I, I, I normally would be, uh, normally would be terribly interested in, in, in tiny villages in the wilds of Peru, but, um, I know people, you know, unsavory people, and they know people, and it's sort of, um, I, I've sort of got word that, um, a rival of mine has been seen in Peru, um, a woman uh, who, who, who only is, is known as the Vassal. Um, she's sort of my my French nemesis, if you will. Um, she's beaten me to some things. I've beaten her to some things. Um, I'd rather like to um, uh, give her a poke in the eye. So uh, I have I've, I've made my own way. I, I could probably fly to Peru myself if I wanted being Nesha, right? Yeah, yeah. As long as you stay uh, up high enough. 
Angels often fly around the world with their own wings. Well, Nesher Angels, anyway. Yeah. Those can't really uh, keep up. Um, but uh, I've, I've, I've uh, made my way to Peru under my own power. Um, and uh, I'm going to, whatever it is that the vassal's after, I'm getting to it. Fantastic. All right. So we see our four heroes uh, arriving in, this, in uh, Pebas adventure that awaits and we'll pick up this story uh next episode on earthly treasures um thanks once again to andrew trugwin ethan cox cody smith lois spangler and jake nelson if you're interested in playing relics please check us out on kickstarter right now the links are in the show notes um, and find out more on the website which is tinstargames.weebly.com slash relics and we'll see you next week. Say goodbye, everybody. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.